welcome. Welcome home. You, Take your liberty. Take your liberty. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, President Hagan. We appreciate you. Dr. Graham for the invitation. Dr. Tennyson for taking care of me. Amen. Enjoyed worship this morning. Wasn't the worship wonderful? Thank you, worship team, for bringing us into the presence of God. Worship is not activity. Worship is attitude. Long after the music stops, I'll still be worshiping. He'll still be God. Worship is not lip service. Worship is lifestyle. We need to live in an attitude and a lifestyle of worship. Folks, we've been brought into the presence of God, but we haven't worshiped until we respond to his presence. Worship is for him. The word is for me. Have you ever left the service, looked up, said, God, you get anything out of me being in church today? We have worshiped. Amen. Thank you so, so much. Now, you can tell by the accent, I'm from the state of Kentucky. (laughs) I bleed blue blood. I'm a UK fan. There you go. Somebody knows. Amen. We're going to get into the message this morning. I'm going to preach fast. You listen quick, and if you get through before I do, stay with me. Amen. I hope we'll be through at the same time. Philippians 1 and 6 reads like this. He, being confident in this very thing, he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. The title of my message this morning, I want you to hear it. My destiny is greater than my dilemma. My destiny is is greater than my despair. I'm going to take you to Mark chapter 4 this morning where Jesus was talking to the multitudes and when he finished talking to the multitudes in verse 4, chapter 4 of Mark, beginning with the 35th verse, he reads, it reads like this, And the same day when the evening was come, he saith unto them, Let us pass over to the other side. And when he had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship, and there were also with him other little ships. There rose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so it was now full. He was in the hinder part of the ship asleep on a pillow, and they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose, rebuked the wind, and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? What manner of man is this? Folks, the disciples were in despair. Why should they have been at peace with their situation? Number one, because of the promise that was made. He said, we're going to the other side. He made them a promise. We're going to the other side. So they should have been at peace with their situation and circumstances because of the promise that was made. God's promises are yea and amen. He said the yea and we need to say the amen. So be it. Amen. So many times we allow 
situations, circumstances, people, or the enemy to become a magnifying glass to our problems. I can take a magnifying glass, put it to the print of this word. It magnifies the print to me. But when I take away the glass, the print is still the same size. So how many knows we allow the enemy to magnify our problems? We overestimate our problems. And folks, we need to say, God, I have a promise. You said you were with me always, even unto the end of the world. And I'm going to hold on to that promise, knowing that he's God. Amen. Hallelujah, God. Because of the promise that had been made, they could have been at peace with that situation. And folks, we have his promises today. Let me tell you, Jesus didn't rebuke the disciples for not being able to steal the storm. He rebuked the disciples for not being having faith during the storm. Let me say that again. Jesus did not rebuke the disciples for not being able to steal the storm. He rebuked them for not having faith during the storm. He made them a promise. We're going to the other side. Listen to me. God's word and God's promises, circumstances or time does not affect them. God's word's not bound by time or circumstances. Time may march on, circumstances be as they be, but God's word is still intact, still true, and will still come to pass. Let me give you a personal testimony. While we were pastoring First Assembly of God in Radcliffe, Kentucky, my husband and I, our youth group took a trip they'd taken annually. 1988, they went to an amusement park in Ohio, called Kings Island. <laughs> On the way home, they encountered a drunken driver going the wrong way on the interstate. Hit our church bus head on, resulting in the deaths of 27 of our people. Our son, Dr. Tennyson, was on the bus. We had 67 people on the bus. 40 got off. And of the 40 that got off, 13 of them were burned severely and lived. On that bus was our youth choir director, Joy Williams, with her two daughters, Robin, 10 years old, Kristen, 14 years old. When we had to tell their, her husband and their father that none of them made it off, along with our associate pastor and our youth pastor. We lost 24 young people and three staff members. Mr. Williams went in despair. My husband and I would be with him almost night and day to try to help him. One day, I invited him home for lunch. I called him. He was the first sergeant over the hospital at Fort Knox. And I said, Lee, I want you to come and join us for lunch today. My husband's coming home from the church office at 12 noon. And I want you to come and have lunch with us. 
He walked into the house. He was weeping. And I said, son, what's wrong? And he said, I just lost the last tie that I had with my family today. Our little dog that we'd had for 17 years had to have her put to sleep this morning. The veterinarian said she will not eat anymore because she's grieving over your girls. And he looked at me in despair and said, Pastors, I'm not going to make it. Let me tell you something. Something rose up in me. We serve a God that has all power in heaven and in earth. Are we going to let this man die in despair? His destiny is greater than his despair. When we had lunch, they left, my husband and Lee left. I shut myself in a room and I said, God... If someone doesn't get a hold of you, he's not going to make it. And the Lord said, how about you? How many knows you're the best person there is? I prayed until I prayed through. And that simply means I prayed till I touched heaven. I stayed there until heaven touched me. That's called praying through. The Lord said to me, I promise you, Lee Williams will be happy again one day. Folks, I had a promise. I had a promise. He called me when he got home, and I said, son, I heard from God today. He said, you would be happy again one day. He said, that's all I've got to hold on to. I said, son, that's enough. When God makes you a promise, church, you can take it to the bank. Amen. Hallelujah. Because he's God. November of 88, he came to me and said, I want to ask Dottie out for coffee. Now, Dottie was our associate pastor's widow. Our associate pastor left a 14-year-old girl burned severely, a 12-year-old son, and an 8-year-old daughter. I want to ask Dottie out for coffee. What do you think? I said, son, it's too soon. She's not over John yet. December came to me and said, I want to ask Dottie out for coffee. What do you think? I said, son, it's too soon. You better wait. January of 89, he came to me and said, I'm asking Dottie out tomorrow. I said, hold it. I'm going to go over there this afternoon and I will play CIA in your behalf. What he didn't know is I'm a double agent. I went over to visit with Dottie that afternoon, and I said in the course of our conversation, Dottie, are you going to raise these three children alone? She said, I don't want to, but who's going to take on a widow or marry a widow with three children? I said, let me see. <laughs> it didn't take me long to think. I said, how about Lee Williams? What would you say if he asked you out? She said, I would say he should have done that yesterday. I had my answer. It's about two o'clock in the afternoon. I said, Dottie, have you had lunch? And she said, no. I said, well, let's go to Shawnee's for lunch. On the way out to Shawnee's, in my heart, I said, God, I don't want to be a part of anything that's not of you. We can't stand any more hurt. If this is of you, let us see Lee Williams at Shawnee's. The old timers used to call that a fleece. (laughs) 
We drove across that parking lot at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Driving across that parking lot behind us was Lee Williams. And I said, Dottie, there goes Lee now. I almost ran into the building. I got so excited. She said, well, stop this car. We stopped, went in. I said, son, what are you doing here this time of day? I knew what he was doing there, but I wonder if he did. He said, it's like this. The colonel had a going away luncheon today. We had reserved the Golden Corral for his luncheon two months ago. But when we checked, they didn't have us on the schedule. We had to come to Shoney's. I've already been out here for the luncheon. Went back and forgot my cap. I didn't say I'm sorry because I wasn't. I said, well, I'll say <laughs> When he got home that day, he called me. He said, I saw you as Miss Dottie. What'd she say? I said, she said you should have asked her yesterday. He said, I would have if you'd have let me. <laughs> that was on Tuesday. He asked her out for Thursday. They had lunch for four hours. I don't want you to eat for four hours. But anyway, they had lunch for four hours. When she got home, she called me and she said, was crying and said, I think I'm in love. May of 89... They came to my husband and said, Pastor, we want to get married. What do you think? July the 8th, 1989, he united the family. Lee said, I don't want to marry just Dottie. I want to marry Dottie and her three children. I want five candles and a unity candle. Over a thousand people attended that wedding. There was not a dry eye in that auditorium when five people took a candle and lit one and said, we become a family again. Follow me through to a promise. December the 25th, a little over five months after they'd married, Christmas morning, Dottie's oldest daughter said, Lee, we have a gift for you. He said, bring it on. I like gifts. <laughs> she said, I'm speaking for my brother and my sister. We've discussed this, but I'm speaking for them. And here's what she said. You will never take the place of our father but we've made room in our heart for you. We will never take the place of your daughters, but we want you to make room in your heart for us. We want to call you Daddy. The oldest girl hugged his neck and said, Merry Christmas, Dad. The boy hugged his neck and said, Merry Christmas, Dad. The little girl hugged his neck and began to weep and said, Merry Christmas, Daddy. And it feels so good to say that word one more time. Lee said, I sobbed uncontrollably for 30 minutes. The word I'd long to hear once was reality again. And he said, the Lord said to him, son, today your season is over. The promise I made you has come to pass. You belong unto somebody. Somebody, oh, hallelujah. Somebody loves you. Somebody cares about you. And the promise has come to pass. Your season is over. Listen to me, church. Listen to me. When God makes you a promise, time may march on. Circumstances be as they be. But the promise whoa, is still intact as we allow God to be God. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Number two, I'm a Russian. Why should they have been at peace with their circumstances? Because of the person they were with. His name is Jesus, the Son of God. 
He's not one of a kind. He's the only one of the only kind. I'm one of a kind, thank God. Folks, he's incomparable in his person. You can't compare him to anyone. His humility didn't hurt his honor. He's still the son of God. He was laid in a manger, but he's heir to the throne. His circumstances didn't change his character. He's still the perfect one. His death did not determine his destination. He's still the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Amen. Incomparable in his person. You can't compare him to anyone. But not only is he incomparable in his person, he's unsurpassed in his performance. He walked on the water, he walked in the fire, he raised the dead, he healed the sick. He took five loaves and two fish. And in the disciples' hands, there were five loaves and two fish. But in the master's hands, they became a fast food chain. Amen? Unsurpassed in his performance. Let me give you another personal testimony. Let's follow up with Mr. Lee Williams. Mr. Williams has become or is now the men's director for the state of Kentucky. Has been for 30 years. God's given him a ministry to men and to families. March the 4th, 1990, he was to be in North Carolina to do a service. He said, I looked at my calendar on the second. Thought, I don't want to go to North Carolina. The fourth would have been his oldest daughter's 16th birthday. He said, I promised my oldest daughter when she got to be 16, I was going to take her out to lunch, give her 16 red roses. It was going to be our day. He wanted to go to Poplar Bluff, Missouri, lay 16 red roses on a grave, wrap his arms around a coal monument, he said, and cry his eyes out. Tried to call to cancel the engagement. No answer. Saturday morning, he was praying, and he said, God, you know what I want to do, but what do you want me to do? And the Lord said, I want you to wear 16 red roses to the church where you're going. Be on your plane this afternoon. He said, why, God? God said two words to him. Trust me. So many times, folks, we only trust people we know. And we only know people we fellowship. He got up from where he was praying, wired 16 red roses to the church. Pastor picked him up at the airport said, Lee, we received 16 red roses for the church today. What are they for? He said, Pastor, I don't know. Just trust God and trust me is all I can tell you. Sunday morning, the Lord spoke to him and said, there's going to be a special young lady there today, and I want you to give her those 16 red roses. I'll let you know who she is. He said, I went into the youth Sunday school class, no one in there witnessed to my spirit. Walked into the worship service, said to the youth pastor, if another young lady comes in here, tell me her name. He said, in the middle of the worship service, young lady walked down the aisle, and the Lord said to Lee, that's her. And he looked at the youth pastor and said, what's her name? Said, her name is Missy. When he got up to minister, he said, folks, I'm going to be as transparent with you today as I know how to be. I didn't want to be here. Today would have been my oldest daughter's 16th birthday. And he told the story of what he had promised her and what he had wanted to do. But he said, God told me to come here today. And to wear 16 red roses to this church. And a few minutes ago, he told me to give them to Missy. He said, come up here, honey. You're going to be my daughter today. I'm going to take you and the youth group out to lunch. 
And he said, I put my arms around her shoulders and hugged her and said, I'd rather hug flesh and bone than a wood of coal monument. He said, the whole church broke down weeping. After the service, Missy came up to him and said, Mr. Williams, you don't know me. And of course he didn't. She said, three years ago, my mother dropped me off on the streets of Jacksonville, Florida. Never returned from me. I don't know who my father is. I never met him. Three months ago, a lady evangelist from the Assemblies of God picked me up off the streets of Jacksonville, Florida, brought me to Teen Challenge here in North Carolina. I started attending this church and gave my heart to the Lord. Mr. Williams, I awaken today to the truth. Today is my 16th birthday. And she said, I begin to weep. And I said, God, no one cares that I'm 16 today. I don't know where my mother is. I don't know who my father is. Jesus, if you're who they say you are, and you love me like they say you do, when I go to church today, let someone give me 16 red roses. Mr. Williams, you've made the love of a Jesus Christ and a Heavenly Father so real to me. She said, I'm going to finish high school. I want to go to Bible college. I want to study to help other young, hurting young people like myself. What am I telling you? The one that's unsurpassed in his performance took the hurting heart of a man in the state of Kentucky, sent that hurting heart to the state of North Carolina to let a 16-year-old girl know I am who they say that I am, and I love you like they say that I do. Amen? Unsurpassed in his performance. Folks, not only is he incomparable in his person, unsurpassed in his performance, but he's all-powerful in his pronouncements. When he speaks, it will be so. There's people that have powerful pronouncements in their realm of control. A doctor has a powerful pronouncement in a hospital, but not in a courtroom. A judge has a powerful pronouncement in a courtroom, but not in a hospital. A policeman has a powerful pronouncement on the highway, but not from the pulpit. A preacher has a powerful pronouncement from the pulpit, but not on the highway. But the one I'm telling you about is all-encompassing in his pronouncements. Folks, he said to the sinner, thy sin be forgiven thee. He said to the thief on the cross, today shalt thou be with me in paradise. Oh, he said uh, to the man, take up thy bed and walk. He put a leap in a lame man's leg, vibration of sound in a deaf man's ear, and a flicker in a blind man's eye. Amen. He's Jesus Christ, the son of the living God. You may say to me, well, what can he do? Well, I can tell you. He can take a ball of mud and make man. He can take a sign and make a rainbow. He took emancipator out of the river Nile. He took a shepherd's staff, made a snake. He made a freeway out of the Red Sea. He took the dew of the desert, made three square meals. He made an army out of dry bones. He made a preacher out of a donkey. After hearing me, you'll probably agree. He made an elevator out of a whirlwind. He made a taxi out of a whale. He made a banquet out of a boy's lunch. He made wine out of water. He made a taxpayer out of a fish. Oh, he made the blind to see, the lame to walk, the deaf to hear, the issue of blood stop. He made a fool out of the devil, and he's making a church out of us. Oh, shout a little bit now, church. Just shout a little bit 
That's what he can do. That's what he can do. Number three. Why should they have been at peace with their circumstance? Because of the promise that was made, the person they were with, and the peace that was spoken. Folks, God's peace is an eternal calm that lies so deeply within the soul that it cannot be reached by external disturbances. Let me get here and see the whites of your eyes just a minute. I'll be back up. Let me say that again. God's peace is an eternal peace that lies so deeply within the soul that it cannot be reached by external disturbance. That's the peace of God. Folks, peace is not the absence of trouble. It's the absence of fear. And the peace I'm talking about comes from a source without ourself. It comes from an individual. It's imparted peace. Peace I give unto you. My peace I give unto you. It's imparted peace. And folks, it cannot, it cannot have a state of mind to be achieved through mental exercise or human effort. This kind of peace is relational and not circumstantial. It comes from a person, not from a circumstance. That kind of peace I'm telling you about. But do you realize that a fearful heart or a doubtful heart can hinder your peace? And I quote, it has been said, he may not always still the storm, but he can calm the sailor. And we need to get this in our spirit today, folks. My, I, my husband was a man, and our son can verify this, probably a picture of peace that passes all understanding. He never got upset about anything, never got alarmed. In fact, he would discipline our son like this. Come over here, baby. I probably really need to whip you. (laughs) Am I right? That's as excited as he ever got. Let me give you an example. We were traveling on the evangelistic field. And my husband, during that time, developed what they call drop foot. And let me explain to you what that is. That's where the toe, unknowingly to you, will drop. As we walk, see, we pick it up. But when we have drop foot, the toe will just drop, and it will trip you. Well, we were in Indiana on a Saturday evening getting ready to do a revival service. He walked across the room there in the motel, That toe dropped, tripped him, broke the toe, and it was cut. So I took him to the emergency room. 
And the nurse was taking his blood pressure. His blood pressure is 116 over 60. Perfect blood pressure. And she said to him, sir, your blood pressure is perfect. Are you not upset? Your toe is about to fall off. And he looked at her and said, well, ma'am, would it help the toe? She said, no, sir. He said, well, I see no reason to get upset if it's not going to help the toe. Folks, that's called perfect peace. So why should we say, God, my destiny is greater than my despair because of a promise, a person, and a peace. Amen? I want us to get this in our spirit today. I don't have to throw up my hands and quit because I've got a destiny. He which hath begun a good work in you. Amen? In you. will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Get that in your spirit and in your heart. He will do the work. Today... God is going to give peace to minds and hearts that have been struggling with situations that you do not know what to do with in yourself. I prayed about this service. I sought God for this service. President, the Lord spoke to my heart and said today. How many wants to say today with me? Today. Today. Today, today God's going to give me peace. A promise. He said, I'll supply all of your needs according to my riches and glory. Whatsoever you ask in my name, that will I do. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. Folks, we've got promises to stand on. And say, God, today, I'm going to realize I have a promise. The person that's made the promise, has all power in heaven and in earth. And you're going to speak peace to my situation and to my circumstance. Those of you that feel like you need to be dismissed, you're welcome to go. I know some of you have to go to class. But to others that are able, I'm going to ask you to stand this morning and come across the front, please. If you need to go, you're sure free to go. I don't want to hold you. Thank you for coming. As you are coming this morning, could we move in a little closer, please, hon? Those in the back maybe need to get in. There's a song that I'm going to quote here for just a few minutes, and then they're going to sing what they need, feel led to sing. Used to be a song that we sung, and it reads like this. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds my future. And life is worth the living just because he lives. Folks, because he lives, 
you can face tomorrow. Because he lives, you have a destiny. So whatever you're facing today, I want you for just a moment, I want you to bow your heads, and I want you to say, God, today, I put this circumstance into your hands. I'm standing on your promise. I'm trusting in who you are. And I'm going to receive that peace that passes all understanding. Today, God, I'm going to receive that. I will leave this chapel knowing that you're working in my situation and my destiny is greater than my despair. I'm going to pray over you this morning and I want you to lift your hand just across the front here and say, I receive, I receive. Heavenly Father, we pray with these today. We place them in your hands as they have placed their situation into your hands. And Father, we realize what we place in your hand, then your hand is in everything that we do. So we thank you today as they have stepped out, believing enough to step out, trusting your word, trusting your promises, trusting you, and receiving that peace. In the name of Jesus, by the authority of the word of God, we declare peace over every soul here today. We declare peace. And we set them apart for your peace. Father, we don't need most of us 16 red roses. But what we have need of, you have the supply. And we're believing you for that today. And Father, we thank you for that peace in the name of Jesus. And we all said, Amen. God bless you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If anybody wants special prayer, I'll be happy to pray with you. If not, you're dismissed. God bless you. Sure enjoyed being with you today. And I want you to go in peace. All day long, I want you to say, my destiny is greater than my despair. Can you say that? Say it all day long and go in that perfect peace. Amen. God bless you.